Hey, it's Winnie Anderson. If you've ever wondered if it's possible to create success in a way that's in alignment with who you are, you definitely want to hear this week's episode. Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you stand out when you hate standing out, sell your services even though you hate selling, and create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. This show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms. You can get the show notes, resources, and worksheets on my website at winnieanderson.com. You can find this particular episode at winnieanderson.com slash embrace you. That's all one word, all lowercase, winnieanderson.com slash embrace you. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to become a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com slash fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you, the introverted, mission-driven entrepreneur, consistently move forward to reach your biggest goals. Whether you're a longtime listener of the show or you've just discovered it, I'm sure you're driven to serve and to bring about an important change in the world. You recognize that there's something different about you, about how you approach the world, and that you have experiences and an important message that can powerfully impact others. But how do you do that? How do you harness that and direct your energy to build a thriving business? In this episode, best-selling author, speaker, and medical intuitive Dave Markowitz shares his journey of discovering and embracing his empath abilities, recognized his need to chart his own path as an entrepreneur, and how he built his successful practice. Listen in as Dave shares his journey from retail worker to self-employed intuitive and reveals what it means to be an empath or a highly sensitive person, how to blend those elements of your personality and still grow a business, how to balance serving at a high level with self-care. He also shares his thoughts on handling the eight strategic priorities we deal with as entrepreneurs and shares some of his best practices along the way. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Dave, thanks so much for being here. I'm, I'm excited to have you. Great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Let's just dive right in. So... I'm a big wordsmith. I like to make sure that we're all on the same page. So I'd like to spend a little bit of time defining some things at first. And I think that there's, so there's this word empath, and then there's empathetic, and, and then there's this concept of highly sensitive person, which I only really heard about, like, I guess maybe a year ago. So that phrase seems to me anyway, to be very new. So can you just give us a quick definition of what each of those things are. I'll try. Um, it's, it's, it is interesting as these words or phrases are becoming more popular, I'm seeing more and more meanings associated with them. Mm -hmm. um, to me, a highly sensitive person is quite literal, someone that is deeply and profoundly affected by other people's thoughts, feelings, emotions, sounds, um, sights, you know, light sometimes. Uh, smells, tastes, um, and it can be really unnerving sometimes to the point where they isolate themselves or avoid things, avoid being in life. So it requires a pretty specific set of tools to 
actually embrace the sensitivity as opposed to try to corral it. And I've actually found what you try to corral ends up sort of fighting your back. I'm sure we're going to get into that bit more, bit more later. Um, whereas an empath has a lot of those things as well, but the additional burden of being sort of a walking sponge. So we tend to, and I'll say we because I, mm -hmm. I guess I'm an empath. <laughs> I didn't want to admit it long ago. And then, you know, right. the universe has its ways of waking us up to what's true. Uh, no matter how much we want to fight it, right? Right. So the empath takes things on to the point where it actually becomes our own. We can take on so much grief that we can just feel depressed and it can alter the brain chemistry that even if you went to a Western uh, doctor, they would notice something and perhaps give you a uh, diagnosis of depression. And it may not even be that person's sadness that they're dealing with. Um, this is kind of across the board with a lot of uh, illnesses that I've worked with. I don't really work with them by name per se because I'm not a medical doctor. I right. really address the energetic uh, underlying aspects. Um, so the empath is kind of the walking sponge. Highly sensitive is kind of literal. And a lot of times there's a tremendous amount of overlap, as I'm sure you can guess. Um, and, and sometimes I get, it's easy to get really caught up on the labels and I appreciate wordsmithing as a writer. Uh, myself, I, I like to choose the perfect words. It's a lot easier when writing than when speaking sometimes. Right, right. Um, and then uh, there's the other part of this where uh, Kierkegaard said labels disable. I thought that was pretty profound. Yeah. Um, and yet there is a, often a need to know what we are or why we're different or why things work for everyone else and not us. Mm -hmm. So they can disable, they can <laughs> empower you know, it's like any other tool, right? Like a hammer. You can yeah. use it to really hurt someone. You can build a house with it. It's, it's not the tool per se. It's how we use it. Right. So yeah. Those would, be, those would be my definitions of it. Yeah, and that's a great explanation and also a great analogy. And I think that this is, am I correct? Please feel free to correct me at any point. But am I, I correct never, that? never presume to do such. <laughs> that. that <laughs> We're sort of born this way, right? To to borrow a phrase, this is this is really an issue of how we're wired. So we're, you know, we grace this planet where we show up, and of course we're we have the parents that we're assigned, and right. they do the best they can, right? We're not going to bash anybody. That they they do the best they can with what they've got and what their history is. So right. as we grow. And then we get into school and there's, we, I had somebody else who I interviewed talked about how we are like sponges and that people layer their, their beliefs on us at this early age and we absorb all of this stuff as we try to make sense of navigating our, our growth. And we can be made to believe that this is a bad thing. So, yeah, I, I think that figuring out some way to make sense of, of this, because we're sense-making creatures, right? Yeah. And then how do I leverage it so that it really is an advantage and not, and I don't feel like it's a curse. Right. Probably one of the most common questions I'll receive is, how do I make this uh, turn from a burden, and, a burden into a blessing? Yeah. And uh, I believe actually everyone's born pretty highly sensitive. I think the initial, you know, I'm getting, the amount of time is going to vary from person to person, baby to baby, I'm sure. But um, 
I think as time goes on, we tend to shut down certain aspects of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We tend to augment certain aspects. If we, even as a child, even as a baby, we can tell if something is working or not working. It's how we learn, right, to do or not to do. Right. And sometimes being that sensitive one can be really endearing and sometimes not so much. So a lot of it, you know, they say, is it nurture or nature? And I say, yes. You know, <laughs> right. Like there's no, there's no definitive here. No. No. Um, it's pretty rare to look at a baby and say, ah, yeah, what a closed heart on that little brat. <laughs> you know, like I just haven't seen it happen. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, and it is this unique combination out of boss used to call it a gumbo of, uh, of how I think we're the DNA roulette. And then as we navigate through life and then as we make our own sense, uh, our, our own way of, of processing information, we come out with whatever it is that we come out with and labeling ourselves. So let's talk about how you discovered this with yourself. So how, when did you first come to realize that this is a thing that, you know, you've got and, and that it, it's not really. Well, my first awful. exposure to the word empath was on the Star Trek. I was series. just going to say <laughs> your video just froze up. So yeah. fortunately, we can edit this, and hopefully, we can get that rectified. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and that little bit of freeze, your audio still worked. And yes, I was laughing because that was, I think, my same first moment as All well. Right. That magical episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember watching that and thinking how cool that was. You know, that someone could heal someone else, even if they had to suffer themselves just for a few for a few moments. Um, I just it's something lodged in my in my somewhere in, in me that remembered that pretty clearly. Okay. Uh, besides just being a Trekkie and loving all the episodes anyway, yeah. that was one of the more special ones. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't hear the word again till you know three plus decades later in the metaphysical communities, and I was really kind of pardon the phrase, but poo-pooing it. <laughs> I just didn't, yeah. it just didn't really resonate um, at the time for whatever reason. And maybe like mentioned earlier, maybe I just had different definitions mm -hmm. based on some things I had heard there and or my association with the Star Trek character. I didn't think I was that amazing to be able to do things that she did. Um, but after moving uh, from New York City to, to here in Portland, um, I started being called an empath. But I mean, people were just saying, you know, you're an empath. And one guy in particular, he saw my hesitation and he said something to the effect of, I'm the head of the Portland meetup for empaths and I know an empath when I see one and you, sir, are an empath. It was like, you know, this weird thing out of a movie, you know, like this yeah. weird character comes into your life and says something and changes your whole life. But that didn't really change my life. I, I just kind of poo-pooed it once again. Um, and I think partly um, because there's sort of a, a negative connotation with being sensitive or being empathic. Mm -hmm. I think my male ego brain just didn't want to resonate with that, even though I know I'm not like, you know, the macho guy. I'm fine admitting that. Like I, I lifted weights for like two decades. I never got any bigger. Like it just, it's just not in my makeup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the pivotal moment was um, when I got drunk without drinking anything any alcohol. I was invited to a friend of a friend's birthday party. It was a bar crawl, seven bars in seven hours, which is kind of a nightmare for most people who are empathic. 
<laughs> and they probably know that already. I kind of knew that, but I didn't know why. Like, I just never really was into the bar scene. Um, you know, in college, it's what you do because it's where all your friends hang out. But as an adult, it just didn't really appeal to me. And, uh, you know, at the end of that evening, I, I felt like I was drunk. And I finally made my way into a taxi. And oddly, in a moment where most people don't have clarity, like after drinking and feeling drunk with or without the alcohol, I had a moment of clarity. And I realized, oh, this is what an empath is. And I sort of got like, you know, like this equivalent from the universe. Like, that's what I've yeah. been trying to tell you. You're an empath. This is what empaths do. You absorb people's vibes. And I just had absorbed a lot of people's drunken vibes. And that was my wake-up call. I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't like the two-by-four. I mean, we've all had situations yeah. like those. It was a reasonably gentle wake up. I, I, I do appreciate that being and not owning that I'm highly sensitive. Um, but it definitely uh, spurred some thoughts and, and openness and it actually spurred a whole new wave of clients coming my way who identified as empathic and highly sensitive. So none of this was planned, obviously. Not by me, Dave, yeah. certainly. Uh, neither was the move west. You know, that was just something that showed up in a meditation. I decided to follow it. Uh, people thought I was nuts, and I think I might have thought that for a bit as well. Um, but I did it, and it really worked out for the best in pretty much every possible way. Um, just that 3,000 miles move into the unknown. I mean, it wasn't like I was going into the desert or something. It wasn't like a, like, like Moses, you know, this trek you know, to find yourself. It was just, you know, one city to another in a reasonably safe, reasonably safe areas. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the wake up call. And then all those people that were coming to me, I was able to read them a little bit differently and I was able to see that they were holding energy, thoughts, feelings, emotions, even experiences of their partners, their parents, sometimes their children, uh, collective unconscious. So it was a real, it was a pretty powerful wake up call. Um, and in retrospect, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. And, and yeah, it is really incredible when you have those moments. And I'm certainly happy that you were able to see it for the gift that, that it was. But was it really that kind of a, a quick leap for you? I mean, obviously, you had decades mm -hmm. of trying to figure this out. Right. And then that sudden epiphany were you already working in the coaching industry when you yeah, had this? Yeah, I was already this? doing um, okay. what might be called standard medical intuition, mm -hmm. which is sort of an oxymoron in, in certain <laughs> ways, and doing energy healing. And I had a book out already that hit bestseller. Okay. It was more of the mind-body connection kind of thing, which mm -hmm. was a passion of mine. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, a giant, you know, right. flip around. Right. Um, but it was a fine tuning. And I think that's an interesting phrase because that's the phrase I use when people come to me and they say that they know they're empathic and they either want to stop being so and or minimum at least have, have a better experience of it. And I say, we're not here to stop your sensitivities. To me, that's your superpower. Right. But we do want to fine tune them so that they can be a benefit and a blessing even as opposed to the burden that yeah. they've come so far. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really great. Um, and let's talk a little bit then about how you actually got into that 
profession did you you know and and as i think you've alluded to sometimes it feels like we're literally pulled in a direction sometimes we're pushed in a, in a direction and sometimes we have that two plus two equals four moment oh this is right for me mm. how when did you first start to see that there there was a potential career in here for you with this gift that you have uh, well, prior to that wake-up experience, my other sort of wake-up experience was being uh, fired from a successive uh, row of jobs where I was the employee. I um, guess I was never good at being told what to do. Uh, <laughs> and a friend of mine just said, I'm going to massage therapy school. You're pretty good with your hands. Do you want to go with me? And I told her, like, okay. Like, it was just, I had nothing else to do, you know? So, um and it just made sense. I didn't want to be in retail anymore. I mean, it's fine for what it is, and mm -hmm. I don't disrespect anyone that's in it. I learned a lot, um, but I was pretty done with it. And, you know, initially it was kind of devastating. I was like, crying that I got fired. Like, I was like, you fired me? One of those kind of moments. Um, <laughs> wow. I, was, I, didn't think much, I didn't think too much of my boss at the time, obviously. And I doubt he's listening now, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's still got a garage that's on him. Anyway, um, so when I was in um, massage therapy school and got introduced to a whole new way of thinking about the body. I thought it was just going to learn how to, you know, rub a muscle basically. And, yeah. uh, but there was so much more to it. And in, in New York, there was a whole program of, of traditional Chinese medicine that we had to learn in addition to that. So it really exposed me to these things. I really didn't want to believe it at first until I started having experiences in it. You know, and then I, when I was doing massage therapy, I was able to sort of feel or hear or see things that people were dealing with. So I would touch someone's body and I would just know that they were angry at their dad, for example. And sometimes I would voice that. Sometimes I was just scared of voicing it, you know. And But every time I did, people were like, how did you know that, you know. And then when I started talking to people and studying and realizing, wow, there's a thing to this. It's called medical intuition. It's just... It's literal, you know, you can intuit what's going on with people medically underneath the surface. So that was, and I did that for a while. And then when I moved, I had this, you know, fine tuning into the world of empaths. So it's a, it's a pretty steady pr progression um, from unhappy retail person to much happier empath. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, and it's, um, it never ceases to amaze me how we have those little moments along that journey that are whether they're little mile markers or that little that person shows up and says just the right thing at just the right time, makes you go, hmm. And uh, happening here. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it, it's awesome when any of us feels confident enough to okay, I'm gonna follow that step. I'm gonna just gonna see what happens here because I think that when we resist who we are as people, yeah. that's really the recipe for misery. I mean, so many people are unhappy in their jobs. And I know there are a lot of reasons there. I've spent the first third of my life, in my professional life, in human resources. So I know very well there are many reasons why people are yeah. unhappy. But yeah. I really believe that a big part of it is we're resisting something about us that is, is calling us towards something. And it's sad, but I think that those conflicting messages that we hear outside of ourselves and then that we try to make sense of 
can really contribute to that. Well, what am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to make a dollar out of, and what am I going to never be able to work? But what is that? So when you then, so you're now in your massage therapist, you move into this medical intuitive kind of work. Where did, how did you, how were you able to then expand that into, you know, full-time business? A lot of luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it might sound a little bizarre, but the same guidance that led me to go to Portland from New York mm -hmm. is the same thing that told me to do a talk at this place okay. or to advertise in this location or to share something with this person. It was kind of a fa uh, follow the bouncing ball kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, we all would love that bouncing ball to be a straight line. Um, I don't think too many actually have that experience. But I think as we follow even the what seems like a detour, it really gets to someplace pretty profound. And um, you know, you, you put it so beautifully before is that the resistance to who we are creates tension. And we can fight that or we can really work with it and and what might be here for me to emerge into or toward and it's a powerful question and i just followed and followed and followed and uh and still follow you know <laughs> yeah because yeah, there's no end to actually following it really is a journey it's not okay well i'm here i'm done now thanks i'm, I'm, right. all, I'm all grown i've finished i got my little gold star and yeah <laughs> I might that's have one of the things i found really interesting i work with a lot of people that are minimum above average intelligence um educated and there's this idea that when we hit a certain plateau you know we can kind of stay there and coast and I just haven't found that to be true. I, I think it's a giant roller coaster ride. And the more we can ride that ride with, uh, you know, kind of like this, like, yay, as opposed to white knuckling, um, yeah. it, it can be, yeah, it can be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great analogy too. It's that it really is being receptive and just, uh, I think recognizing that we're not really in charge as much as we think we are and as frustrating as that might be, believe yeah. me. Yeah. Um, the, I think the, the, I'll share with you a, a little story. I was having lunch with uh, my, my priest years ago and I don't know what we were talking about, but she told me this great story. She said, when you are holding sand in your hand, and you squeeze it really tight to hold on tight, what happens? Well, obviously it shoots out at all mm -hmm. sides, right? And you open your hand and you have very little sand left. So, but if you can be, be comfortable and hold it loosely, you can mm -hmm. hold a nice little mound of sand in your hand. Right. And that's really the same kind of you know, process I try to remind myself of all mm -hmm. the time that if I just am truly loose and flow with it, and let's see where this, where this yeah. is going to lead me. Totally. I, I think um, most people that I have certainly connected with, and perhaps a lot of people listening, have had those moments of just total flow. And it yes. can be unexpected places. I mean, it can be cooking a meal. It can be doing what you do for a living. It can just be connecting with someone. I mean, this, you know, it's unlimited. And 
I think we sort of get addicted or at least open or desirous of that being the constant thing. And unfortunately, I think there are a lot of books and practices that say that that's possible. So I think it leads to a lot of self-criticism. I think it puts a lot of pressure on the person to be able to attain a certain level uh, and stay there. And the op exact opposite tends to happen. We tend to become very self-critical. Uh, I couldn't do what that person recommended. I can't, you know, and you know, no one ever punished themselves into being a better person right? <laughs> or another yeah. person, right? No one ever punished another person into being a better person either. And yet we do it all the time. And I think so much of it is from these unrealistic expectations that are portrayed by maybe well-meaning. I mean, I don't know them all, but whenever I see something like, you know, a taint, uh, do my weekend workshop and have everything you could possibly dream of by, by Sunday night, Right. I start to question, you know, because if it was that easy, we'd all have been doing it already. Yeah. The word would have been out, you know, a person would have had line like, you know, millions of people long. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got to work with what is and what presents itself and accept where we are and accept that we might not be a master at something. I share this with a lot of people. I give them some pretty profound tools for preventing incoming pain and illness uh, or incoming energies that could potentially become pain and illness. And a lot of times people just expect to, to get that right away. And I, I always share, you know, I've known these, I've intuited them about seven years ago. And sometimes I teach them 10 times a day, sometimes pretty regularly that I'm, and I still forget to do it. <laughs> right? And I say, but I don't beat myself up for it. I kind of just laugh at it now. And I just it started out by reminding myself, I didn't do this for the first 40 plus years of my life. How could I possibly expect to master it and become this completely new person, you know, overnight? Right. I'm going to have my moments. And I just invite people to laugh at our own expectations um, and, and roll with them and see what, you know, oh, I didn't do my practice today. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It just means you forget. And uh, okay. Right. Unless you attach some meaning to it, right? And that's yeah. what we tend to do. We tend to then go into story mode and start yeah. telling ourselves, well, that's because I'm a loser. I never do anything I say. I'm going, all righty. Suddenly, we've gone from, I didn't do my practice today, to I just need to go you know, lock myself in a closet. I'm just awful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And interestingly, by the time that the time that it takes to create and rehash that story, you could have done what you just thought, right. what you just forgot. You know. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's. I just. You know. It's just. It's just the way the mind works. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's just. It's just what it does. Right. And I think if we open up to that and really embody that possibility or reality, as it were. I think we can have a lot more self-peace and from that place I think almost anything is possible. Yeah, I, I agree and uh, you know I think one of the greatest gifts of the car accident I was in was being forced mm. to relearn how to learn and being forced to learn how the brain processes information and to have this sudden heightened sense of my own inner dialogue, you know, we all, we all have it, right, all day long. It's actually a monologue that's going on inside of our right. head. But, <laughs> but for some reason, I just was really tuned into that. Man, I was mean to myself, and, uh, and I wasn't much nicer once I, once I suddenly had this injury that I now had to deal with. But 
being being forced to relearn how to learn and being you know, not that anybody's forcing me but you know what i'm saying and then yeah, then, totally. then to go at a at a deeper level of this is how the brain reacts and this mm -hmm. is how it processes things it just let me give myself a break wow so yeah and that's why i think that you know i tell people when you have something right we've all got something that that we feel is some burden when you can start to recognize the like you said from from a burden to a blessing when you can really recognize the gift that that is that's where the tremendous breakthrough happens yeah definitely yeah awesome so let's let's talk a little bit uh more about um turning this into a business kind of thing you know somebody who decides that all right i in the words of popeye i am what i am and and now i'm gonna i'm gonna make this work for me how do i capitalize on it what do you think that a, a highly sensitive person or empath needs to keep in mind because we know self-care right is so important as we're we're growing and building a business what are some things that we really need to keep in mind while we're doing this so that we don't become so overwhelmed by yeah. all there is to do and 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 as you grow and you start working with more people as a, a highly sensitive person you know you're bombarded by all of this stuff what do you do well I, um one of the things that i found most helpful is prioritizing a lot of times yeah. we get overwhelmed by our own to-do lists and whether we write them down or they're just regurgitating in the head, <laughs> uh, things seem really out of control when we look at big picture. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's wrong to look small picture. I mean, there's so many, like, think big picture, you're bigger than you are. Okay, yeah, but like, let's, let's get more accurate on what's most beneficial for each person in each moment rather than cliches. Right. And I, and I heard it described as chunking, like you just take a chunk mm -hmm. and like just make a list and say, okay, now I need to work on that. Let's just work on that yep. until it's done. Check. Now the challenge with that is a lot of times the mind either goes into rush mode because there's still the big list. Yeah. It's a practice of catching it and breathing and becoming more present to what's happening and then going back to focusing on the individual thing. But there's also this idea that at the end of the to-do list, we're done. And I think most people will laugh at that and realize probably halfway through the to-do list, right. another six things show up. And then you got to like move them around a little bit. Okay, yep. what's most important here? Yeah. So prioritizing chunking, uh, I think is really powerful, really helpful. Uh, another thing, I mean, there's so many things. Another thing oh, that's is. feeling is... Uh, you know, as someone who's highly sensitive or especially to the next degree of empathic, there's a lot of energy in the air. Like, mm -hmm. the, like the collective unconscious holds a lot of grief and fear. Yeah. Yeah. And as that gets ramped up worldwide, not just in your living room, the sensitive persons can feel that. And now because of the internet, I mean, not now, like not, I mean, it's not a super recent thing, but relatively recently right. because of the internet, most of us can find out what's going on anywhere in the world at any given time. So that's going on. So we have what's happening. We have those people that are being affected by it. 
We also have all the people that are watching passively, potentially from thousands of miles away of things that are happening and their reactions to what's happening. So it's just increasing that tension that's in the air. And we're breathing that in as an empath. A lot of times we can be uh, even diagnosed with anxiety and none of it's our stuff to deal with. It's just because it's so present. And it's a really difficult thing to remember because there isn't that one person, like a lot of times we have one person perhaps at work or wherever, a family member, it could be anything or anywhere, who is a reminder, wow, I really need to step up and get into my heart and do my work right now and be really present, be really open, but not to the point where I'm taking things on. Um, in this case, there isn't that reminder. So it's a very, um, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, it's insidious. It's, you know... Yeah. Uh, so using some of the tools that are in my book about how to open up to energy to allow what's meant for us to, you know, enter us, but also to sift in a healthy way that we're not hanging on to everything that's not meant for us really should be done several times throughout the day, even when there's no one in front of you or prior to a meeting, for example, that is going to seem really difficult to deal with. It's, it's a really is a practice and, like any practice, like a, it's like building your spiritual muscles, you know, you, mm -hmm. you just build and build and build to the point where it's more automatic than not. And for some I work with, it's just a few days. Some take months or years to, to get to that place. And it's not a question of lack of intelligence or anything like that. It's sometimes looking to reverse three, five, six decades worth of right. belief systems and thoughts and understandings. Right. Um, it's just not going to, you know, flip like that. Although I have seen it happen like that. Right. You just don't know. Right. right? We all want the, the instant thing. Right. But it's just not always the case. Yeah. I, boy, I had saw a great sign. I was out with my sisters and we were window shopping and said, I wish I'd taken a picture of it on my phone. It said something like, you know, please God grant me enlightenment right now. <laughs> and I think that kind of sums us up in many ways so we're a little on yeah. the impatient side yeah totally <laughs> so let's um you know one of the things i think that i also want to raise is this issue of us in the world with others so we've got our our clients and the energy that we absorb in dealing with them and We've got the, the universe, right, as we, as we navigate society and, and take from the collective consciousness. And then we've got the people in our family. Uh, and, and I think there's some truth to opposites attracting. Is there some way that we can help others understand us better? So, so we're maybe not in, encouraging some level of, I don't want to say conflict because that's not really the right term, but I'm looking for it. But I think you know where I'm going. Yeah. Just to help, I think it would produce a more harmonious relationship if, if we each understood what the other is feeling. Mm, well Am said. I right or wrong? Is there something in there that we could or should or ought to at least try? <laughs> it's a great question. And I think a lot of people have this question. And there are a number of answers and no particular one is more right than the other. <laughs> I would say ultimately we get to a point where we're so confident in ourselves that we can just be who we need to be. Mm -hmm. And then we're not really affected. And the, 
sort of inner child that's wanting validation yeah. is not, you know, in charge. And at that point, you become really the, you know, what's the phrase? Be be those who you're looking to. I forgot the phrase. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and but that's understandably pretty far off for many. Um, again, it doesn't have to be, but oftentimes it is. Right. And the other part is like, it's a really, you know, a little more grounded or practical. Like, how do I explain to my partner what I'm feeling without them thinking I'm crazy? And I think part of it is sometimes it can be um, like humility. Like I'm feeling these things and I'm okay with it. I'm not wrong. I'm not broken. Right. And I don't really want you to see me as that. These are my blessings. These are the things that allow me to tune into you and love you so deeply. I mean, who's going to say no to that? All right. <laughs> no, I don't want that. You know, you know, <laughs> um, a jerk maybe. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, really just, I think not asking someone else to be different than their being yeah. is also powerful. So, and again, kind of going back to confidence of who you are and, yeah speaking in a first person, I'm feeling X kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, those I found helpful, yeah. So owning it and being self-aware and then yeah. being brave enough. In two words, own it, yeah. <laughs> and and be, being brave enough to, to communicate it and, and say, look, yeah. what I'm experiencing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the other part of that is, I mean, thank you for bringing that up, is sometimes you'll just know that it's not safe to communicate that, in which case I think it's safe to, and fair and understandable, and uh, not a failure to not have to, you know, detail your life to that person. You just love them anyway. Love them for who they are, and then, you know, in, in, a, in a healthy way, not in, you know, a lot of empaths and HSPs, we tend to not over love, but we, we love from a place of responsibility or guilt or fear or shame, mm -hmm. you know, our patterns versus our really highest truth. So part of those, whenever you're in a relationship like that, it's really important to recognize the underlying energies of those actions. It's not just the action, right? It's the energy under it that people really feel and have an effect on our physiology and also affect our sponginess factor, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right, so we're going to go into a little segment that I think of as a speed round, although it's not really very fast, but we're going to go through these, <laughs> these uh, eight strategies that I think uh, I, I refer to them as, as courageous actions that we've got to somehow uh, work through in our business to make our business work. So mm. first is uh, in, in marketing, right, um, not just empaths or HSPs, hate marketing uh everybody does so can you can you share maybe a tip or a strategy that you have found has worked for you in uh getting the word out about your business and managing who you are at the same time i'm sure this is a speed round because <laughs> <laughs> i know it's not it's not speedy at all i need a new name for it <laughs> well the first word that came through i mean there's so many answers to that but the first word that came to me was honesty like be honest with yeah. who we are and don't promise the world promise some, you know, the promise being the best practitioner, listener, caretaker, whatever, um, that you can be, you know, and 
I think it's okay to share with people potential outcomes, but never to buy into them as the only or the amount of time. You know, people a lot of times, and it's a fair question, and I, I don't mean to diss on anyone. People say, how many sessions will it take <laughs> me to, you yeah. know, clear this or whatever? And I say, you know, if anyone answers that question, I would run the other way. Right. Because they're playing psychic games with your health. And I don't think really anyone is served by that. Yeah. You know, let's do a session and see how it feels. Typically, even in one session, people have pretty, pretty big breakthroughs and, mm -hmm. and openings and awareness, certainly. And then they're excited to do another one. There's not really a lot of selling involved in that case. It's, you know, moment by moment, take what, what comes and, and work with it. Um, in line with the person's intention, of course, and surrender to something bigger that we may not know the end result or the path specifically of how we're going to get there. And I, I, I found that it happens. Yeah, I, I think that uh, certainly the older I get, the easier it becomes. But the, I think the answer for all of us is, to, you know, we're all looking for that. Give me the recipe. And the secret is to be you. Yeah. That's yeah. that's. <laughs> Authenticity. That's yeah. it. It's be you, and you're going to attract people who want to be with you, who who want what you've got, yeah. uh, rather as than a client you. or as a romantic partner. Right. Absolutely. It's all. It's all goes back to the self. Yeah. 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 A lot of times, people kind of go into a tirade about their partner, and I sometimes have to cut them off and say, not that those things aren't true, and I'm not minimizing your experience, and he's not here right now. If he was, I'd have some words for him, <laughs> or more likely some questions. Um, but if you're the person in front of me now, this is what is available, and let's work with this because your who you're being affects everything. Mm -hmm. And the better and healthier um, and clearer each person gets, the more likely they're going to find the perfect or the either find or be found by the perfect partner and or clients. So many of my clients just know they need to work with me already. It's really interesting. They just say things like, uh, your book, like literally has fallen off of a shelf, you know, <laughs> hit me in the, in the hip or something. Uh, saw your picture, knew I needed to work with you. Saw your book cover, knew, I, I mean, just like something is guiding this process. Right. And because right. I'm working with people that are generally pretty intuitive, even if they're blocked in certain ways, exactly. sometimes the message gets through the block. You know, this is the person you need to see. And I often see people after they've seen everyone else, like I'm sort of like a last resort a lot of times. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll just share with you briefly, um, even though it's a speed round. <laughs> I actually enjoy working with skeptic, skeptics. Um, if they're calling me, they want something, right? And, right. and if I can't provide it, I'll, I'm happy to say I'm not the practitioner for you. Um, and interestingly, the skeptics are the ones that have some of the most profound openings because it really catches them off guard. They really surrender. They're just like, I, I don't know what to expect here. I don't think it's going to work. Nothing else has. And I share with them the whole concept of the empathically transmitted energies resulting in pain and illness. And no one's ever said that before. So just the fact that it's different, you know, it kind of piques the mind and says, oh, well, maybe there is something here. Yeah. And uh, I think it was just last week I worked with someone and, and she mentioned it. And, and I said, you know, what? I'm a skeptic too. So let's do this skeptically. You know, let's work together. And, you know, I'm on your side here. I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to convince you of anything. Right. And she had such a profound breakthrough in like, it was like five minutes. She was just bawling and fell wide open. Her heart was just, it was just so beautiful. 
Um, but it interestingly started with, I'm really skeptical of you, Dave. And I was like, great. Thank you. For, thank you for voicing it. You know, that's the authenticity that we're talking yeah. about, right? Just say what's real. I, I can handle it if you don't like me. I'll be all right. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that, and, yeah. and it's not that. That's, that's really interesting. I've, I've worked with a chiropractor uh, as a client, and she said the same thing, that her preference was always to work with the person who <clears throat> was very skeptical about chiropractic care, right. who didn't believe it, thought it was voodoo, and, you know, because that's the person who, when they show up at your door, they're, they're desperate, and they're probably so receptive then to okay, this has to work because I don't have anything else. This is, this is really it for me. So how about, and I think we've probably answered this, this question as well. So yeah, marketing and selling and then fulfilling. So to, to mm -hmm. me, what I'm hearing you talk about is that there really is no selling. There's this sharing of information, and the person then either decides they want it or they don't. And that's, is that... Pretty much. That's those exact words I use. Yeah, yeah. it's a share. Right. And if they don't, if they're not interested, they're not interested. It's fine. Right. I, I don't. I'm just. You know. Yeah. That's. It is interesting because. I, I, yeah, you're right. No one wants to sell because no one wants to be sold anything. Right. Mm -mm. It's like you know what you need. You you know if you need a shirt, you're gonna go to the the, the your favorite right. store. You don't want someone knocking on your door and saying, "Here, here are all these pants. Do you want some?" It's like. <laughs> <laughs> How many people have to come to your door? Like, yeah. so no one likes to be sold anything. Um, right. Even if you need something, we don't like to be sold something. No, right? no. But if you're going to help me decide, yeah, that's, that's what I yeah. want. I want somebody to help me decide because I don't want to make a bad decision. And I think that's part of what makes this energetically such a. We feel like it's an adversarial relationship because we've been in that position where right. we've needed to make a purchase. We didn't didn't really know what we were buying or how to buy it, and the person tried to we felt manipulate that and and convince us to do this when we just I'm smart help me help me make a decision that's right, right. for me and if it's I'm going to go away okay well that's you know yeah. that's what I'm going to do totally I give a, a free 15 minute consult to anyone who's even remotely interested sometimes I do a quick reading and sometimes they know like right away. And sometimes, yeah. you know, it's all different, but it is an opportunity to kind of share space with someone in a, in a different way. I actually really enjoy doing them. I get to meet people um, most. I mean, certainly over 90% of the people that I work with sign on to do some some amount of work, whether um, in person or by phone or Skype or even in group work. Um, you know, out of those people that reach out for the consultations. And some say I'll think about it, and like I can sort of feel what the resistance is. So sometimes I just I just voice it. I say I can feel your resistances about this. Do you want to talk about it? You know, or or if they voice something specifically. Um, you know, someone said a short time ago, um, I don't have the energy to take on the modality, which gives me an indication she's already doing a lot of modalities. But if those were working, she wouldn't be reaching out to me. Right. So I put that gently and say so maybe we can take you know swap one of those right. you know one that's not specifically designed for an hsp perhaps if that's what your issue is right and i'm still i'm fine working you know as one of a couple or several practitioners for any person as needed it's fine my work tends to augment what other people do um 
but you know, just to kind of like to really listen to be like, hey, what's what's the real objection? Because people always, not always, but I'm sure you've heard someone say something and you just know that's not true. Absolutely. Right. And as Absolutely. an empath, as an intuitive, you know these things. Right. And sometimes it's fair to call call someone on it, and sometimes it's better off just letting it go. And I think the the good listener can really feel and see which which direction to go with that. Yeah, so that's out of the way. That's a really great example of how we can embrace that element of ourselves and say, if if we feel confident and comfortable, right. I think this is really the issue here. Are we going to address it, or are we just going right. to dance around it? And, right. and yeah, yeah. So yeah. how do you? Next is fulfilling, right? Marketing, selling, fulfilling. Now, we all want more clients. We want a full practice. We want a, a successful business. But at the same time, I feel like we, we know self-care is, is incredibly important. And especially for us, with the, the negativity that we can be exposed to and that is energetically surrounding us, what's a, a good way that you know you found your your personal best practice for protecting yourself or or taking good care of yourself making sure you're not overloaded or overextended well, definitely i mean there are there are clearly things in self-care that have to be done and i think a lot of us know these things we just don't do them as much i mean there's a lot of steps in my book we don't have i mean different ways of of managing incoming energy different ways okay. of being different presence practices We've all heard things about the grounding, and, and those are all fine. Certainly, meditation is helpful. Mm -hmm. um, if it was just one thing, it would be really easy. It's it's typically a success of things. Right. Um, it sounded like you were uh, asking also about like fulfilling practice, which is kind of like where I was feeling um, guided to talk about. Um, my wife reminds me of this, which is wonderful. Um, if I'm seeing five or twenty-five people a week, celebrate. Right, right. The ego is like, oh, I'm slow this week. Mm -hmm. You know, something's wrong. No one likes right. me. Right. And then <laughs> when I get over the self pity party, which fortunately lately has been really quick, because <laughs> I, I just catch it and I'm like, oh, okay, I see what that is. I can then even take more time for myself. I can enjoy things that I typically might not. It's not doesn't always make sense to push. Sometimes right. the universe is giving us downtime, and I think we should take advantage of it. And recognize that you know I'm not going to be on the street, you know, uh, doing okay, and uh, yeah, it's and that just led me to one other thing that um, I think a lot of your listeners might want to appreciate is, is that even if you're really really good at what you do, there's still a chance that you might not have a lot of clients, and a lot of times those people reach out to me, and it's interesting that. What I often intuit is that if you, you, if that person was really busy, they'd be flat on their back. You know, they'd be they don't have the techniques quite yet to how to manage their own energy to be able to be there for all those people without getting fried. So it's interesting. It's like this major blessing disguised, right. and we believe it's like, you know, I'm bad. I'm doing things wrong. Right. You know, all these kind of things, but sometimes it's just the universe saying, okay, dude, you just got to chill for a bit, and we got to work on this. Go talk to Dave and read his book. Right. He's going to help yeah. you, and we're going to clear out a bunch of stuff and heal some things at very deep levels so that then you can be more present for people, then you'll attract them. 
that that is a really super super point yeah look for the lesson look for the learning look for the opportunity and everything that's facing us that's really that's outstanding or even what appears to not be an opportunity or like downtime right we get we kind of get into these things right but, you know, that's the that's the mindset of the type a and right. i've really found and i'm sure you have as well i think you've been indicated already um, we're not type A people. We're, I, I call us type E people, E for empath, right? We, we can't function under type A rules and guidelines and recommendations. They just don't work for us. And that's not to disrespect people that are doing that, fine right. if that's your thing, but it's like just asking, you know, it's just asking you to be someone you're completely not. And once we realize that, like, oh, okay, there's a reason why I'm not the go, go, go getter. There's a reason why I'm not the marathon runner, but more of the sprinter. Yeah. Whether that's literal or, or figurative. Yeah, you know, and, and while I'm listening to this, it, it, I just had, I've had a couple of big ahas about myself recently. And as I said, the first third of my career was in human resources. Mm -hmm. And for me, the greatest job in the universe, I was a recruiter. Hmm. I would have paid them to do this job. This was, I mean, it was like, first of all, it's like being on Don't Seinfeld every day. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't announce that. Too yeah, that's, right. that's right. I would never <laughs> tell them that, but I really, it was just an awesome, awesome job. And I had these really skewed retention rates of the people who I would select and recommend for, you know, that's what I did. I would pick them out, interview them. You know, that person needs to be interviewed for this job. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about that. That's, that's why I was so good at, at that job, because it really was an absolute perfect fit mm -hmm. for where my skills were at that time right. and for what I was being asked to do. That's why I was good at it. Yeah. And you were in the flow. You just and I was. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, inter I interviewed 10,000 people in two and a half years. Wow. Loved every minute of it. <laughs> Loved every minute of it. So how do you manage your time? Creating is next. How do you manage your time then to be able to write your book and, and do all of the creating that is needed in you know, growing a business as well? Do you consciously map out your time to say, okay, this is my day for creating. This is my hour on Tuesday to, to do some writing. Do you do, you do that? Sometimes. Yes. Okay. Sometimes no. I don't really have a one size fits all with that. There okay. are some. It's interesting I, to me, at least, that sometimes we were very inspired to write something or to do something or create something, and sometimes the mind gets in the way and says, "This is what I should be doing," or "This is what I should be doing mm -hmm. at this time." And sometimes I'll just sit down, and there's just nothing coming through. Ugh. And I used to do exactly what you just did, and now I'm just like, "All right, I'm gonna go ride my bike." You know, <laughs> go yep. work out or something. Exactly. And not fight it and just trust that the inspiration comes. And it, it leads to some odd moments, like in group meditations, like I'll hear something and I'll take out my phone and I'll start writing it down. <laughs> like I just imagine people looking over going like, <laughs> he can't get away from his phone for two minutes, you know? <laughs> and I'm, I just want to say like, I'm writing the next bestseller, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. But inspiration I, comes when it comes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. I, 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 yes to 
Yes and no to your question. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's some kind of combination of of the two. And and can you predict it? I know Stephen King, who is amazingly prolific, he said that uh, in in his book, I think it's called On Writing. He says that you have to tell the muse when to show up for work. And I think to a degree there's an element of that, but at the same time there's this, i got to go bake cookies because there's nothing coming out, right? So <laughs> I think it's that tuning into yourself to yeah. recognize that, okay, this is writing time, but you got to think before you can write, so I'm going to go and go for a walk. And for me it's being outside that, that yeah. then the, the big idea will, will come. Yeah. So how about, um, and you know, there's so many facets to managing a business. How do you manage to, to stay on top of all of these pieces? Is there, um, is there some way that you've found works for you for managing all the, you know, because it, it is it's just a never-ending juggling exercise, I think, with all the things there is to do. You know, ideally opening and embracing, you know, the admin work. Yeah. Is, yeah, is pretty key. Is it easy? Not as much because we all have the things that we're really good at. Right. A lot of people say, you know, get an assistant mm -hmm. or get part of a team. And I'm open to those things happening. I also know that if I try to force that happening, I'm probably not going to find the right person. So I set an intention, right. you know, if I'm feeling that that's helpful or would be helpful, I would set an intention and sort of, you know, then just let go and see what happens. And I, I think, I, I mean, based on my experience, I really believe the universe is conspiring to work in, in my favor and all of our favors, of course. Right, right. Even though some of the steps you might be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to be kidding. Um, you know, even some of my most painful lessons, you know, had a lesson. And yes. I'm grateful for them. Yeah. I, I learned about myself and some things perhaps I didn't like about myself and I learned to own them. And so I can be more in my light body or my light, my lighter self, my, yeah. uh, my better self, if you will. Um, I don't claim to not have a shadow. We all have that. But I think the more light we shine upon that shadow, the more light we can shine outwards as well. And uh, knock wood, so far it's working. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I think that the, the intention, as you yeah. said, I think if we can all just continue to develop that, being more intentional in everything we do and being more open, yeah, I, I, I'm, but yeah, I want it now. That's what we have to really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it is amazing watching the mind work. I remember um, years back, I was uh, asked to do a lecture at the Javits Center in New York, and it was a pretty big bill. I mean, Deepak Chopra was on the bill, and Gary Null, and there was thousands of people in the room. Wow. And they called my name, and my knees were shaking. You know, I'm pretty introverted, um, but I found that if I'm really talking about what I'm passionate about, the introversion kind of goes, I'm hearing like all, like all the people listening right now going, yes, you know, but even during that moment, while I'm on stage in front of all these people presenting what I thought was a pretty good presentation at that time about mind-body medicine, um, there's this little voice going, you don't know what you're doing. They're not listening to you. Why'd you wear that shirt, you know? And 
I, I remember just like saying, like, dude, just chill out. We'll talk later. <laughs> or like, you know, you know, something to the effect that I wasn't getting like all angry about it. I was recognizing. So like this conversation happening here, yeah. another one happening here, and then the thoughts and feelings are ha and the sensations are happening here. It was a very interesting experience. And, and I'm okay with it now. Like I, I recognize and I, I kind of listen to it and I say, oh, okay, well, thank you for sharing. And then it just kind of dissipates its energy because I'm not fighting it. Yeah, that's, think, that's great. Yeah, that's a powerful example. Yeah. yeah. Throw, an intro, throw an introvert in front of a few thousand people and that voice is going to get pretty loud, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. When I used to, uh, back in my corporate days, before I recognized that I had this introverted aspect to my personality, I was more ambiverted until after the accident. Mm. But uh, there were times when, um, yeah, you're just, it's having this out of body experience as this voice is in your head and hey, I'm working here. You can lecture to, at me later, but I got to, uh, I got to get through this presentation. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> So, you know, as, and that leads into growing as professionals, we're, we're always, I think, and of course I'm projecting, always trying to become a better person and a better expert. Um, are, are there, are, is there one area of running a business that maybe you wish you had spent more time uh, focusing on or, or that you wish that you currently spent more time focusing on? I do enjoy the creative aspects of it, but I do recognize there are going to be parts of the job, even though it doesn't really feel like a job, that are actually going to feel like a job. Yeah. And, and I think yes. just, you know, trying not to fight them um, is probably the smartest thing to do, just kind of owning it. Okay, that's just part of what's going on here, and 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 nothing really, and it doesn't mean anything. It's just, I think that's a brilliant statement. It doesn't mean anything because we put on the meaning, right? Yeah, I've got to do this paperwork. Well, it has to happen. Right. But if you label it with some kind of adjective, now you've attached some bigger meaning to it and right. it gets back into the telling that story. So yeah, I think that you inadvertently nailed that one with that very issue that stop making it out to be more than it is. You're doing filling out paperwork a bit yeah, in the story yeah i mean most of it's on on computer now anyway so I mean, yeah you don't it's, it's easy, not like you're chiseling the tablets or anything come on right. how hard is this right you know i i've found some papers i wrote in college that were literally written on typewriters and copied on mimeographs i'm showing my age yep. here anyone anyone under 30 is quick you know <laughs> tilting their head right now which is fine i appreciate a head tilt and i remember like how much thought, even in a short story, like four pages, had to go into arranging everything yes. ahead of time or just face the consequences of having to retype it or, or you know, literally copy and paste, <laughs> not yes. even copy and paste, yes. like cut out, yes. you know, copy. I mean, yeah. whereas now my last book was, uh, you know, I remember it was, it was like 200 pages or something. And I remember towards the end of like doing the editing and the fine tuning, I would sometimes just get fried out and forget what I needed to edit. And it, 
I remember one time specifically, it got really frustrating because I just forgot what section I needed to cut and paste someplace else. And I just, you know, got this like down moment and I hear this voice go 68. And I went to page 68 and there I was, wow. you know, and then I heard like, so it reminded me like the writing process is also intuitive. It's not just Dave's experience. In fact, right. the less of that, the better, I think. And allowing that information to come through, but also includes the editing. Like people I've seen and I forgot also sometimes, like what's a better word for this situation? I would hear one, you know, what's a better place for this paragraph? So now I think it flows pretty well now, but I, I can imagine what authors years ago had to know in advance or or not or just some techniques I, I don't know i don't know what they did <laughs> yeah. well you just whatever you did you sucked it up and did it uh, yeah pretty much same thing i i taught people how to use a typewriter so that makes me sound like an even bigger dinosaur <laughs> 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 actually typing on typewriters so uh, hey what's your what's your best tip that you can share that uh to help somebody make sure they're building a life while they're building a business Mm. Well, it's probably a cliche word, but there's a truth to it. Balance. Don't get too caught up. You know, letting yourself get yeah. defined by your business, I think, is a mistake. I, I think I'm Dave, and I have this gift that I get to share as a business because I follow the bouncing balls. And granted, I've taken some marketing classes as well. I've taught, I've taken classes that teach you how to speak in front of a room because. I think that's such a fear for so many people. Um, but there are techniques and things to remember while you're doing that. And I think we alluded to one earlier. Part of it is like just knowing your stuff, but also being humble enough to say, I don't know the answer to that question. Can I get back to you on that? And I think people really respect that more than someone's up there BSing, especially the work we do. We're talking to intuitives. They know, they're going to know if you're BSing. So right. why, why even bother? Right. Just get real. Um, and, and, and balance out, give yourself the self-care time. A lot of my book, I mean, the first book I wrote on um, being a, you know, a trained empath is called Self-Care for the Self-Aware. You know, it's, it's, it's right there That's in the great. title, you know. Um, so we, balance is important. Maintain your physical health. Don't just sit in a chair all day and type. Get up, move around. Like you said, get out in nature, walk around, whatever your thing is. So, yeah, yeah and I think, again, that's a great point. It's whatever your thing is, whatever your thing is. We, we shared a lot, and, and you've been great sharing what, what's worked for you and things you've tried, but this really is stop looking for a formula and do mm -hmm. what, try things. Yeah. Right? Try things. You're not going to break anything. The world's still going to spin on its axis. Try things and find what's right for you. And that's probably the biggest permission that we can give each other is just be you. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm not a offended by the word try. I know Yoda had this big thing, like don't yeah. try, do. Yeah, and right. to me, trying is doing without attachment. Excellent. And yeah, you got to try it. You don't, you'll never know. You're not going to know what something tastes like if you don't taste it. You're not going to know how warm or cool the pool water is until you right. put your toe in. You got to get something in and you can always retreat. Yeah. And what I've found is that peer support 
is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like having people you can bounce ideas off of. Right. People that not just know you and don't just dictate to you, but get to know you. And this is what I do for my clients as well. I don't, even if I know an answer to something, I don't always give it. I ask questions. And I think it's just someone so much more powerful when they have an experience where they're able to even, I, and I teach people practically how to be their own medical intuitive in a session where they can feel in and see what's there. It's so much more powerful and safe space. The first time I meditated to the point where I actually kind of lost track of time was in a group. And it, it reminded me the group environment is so powerful. One of the reasons I love doing group work is there's a number of people that are all on the same page. Right. right? We're all learning the same thing. We're all dealing with the similar things. I mean, even the, specifics of life events are going to be different but underneath it there's very common things that are kind of running the show and we can work with those we can have good success in healing them and really being the best we can be not just for ourselves but for everyone else that we come in contact with it's i don't do this just for me i do this because i love seeing people light up i love people saying i don't feel alone anymore the biggest compliment someone can give me i get emails all the time saying thank you so much for your book and your work and I healed this and I healed that, things that doctors said there was no chance of. And those are great. I mean, I, 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 I love those. But when someone says, I don't feel alone anymore, it just gets me right in the heart. And I, I just thank you, thank you, thank you. you know? yeah. That's so awesome. Dave, I could go on for hours with you. This is fascinating, but listeners will be happy to know that we won't. Um, so why don't you tell everybody where they can go to learn more about what you do and, and connect with you? Best place is my website, which is my name, DaveMarkowitz.com, D-A-V-E-M-A-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z.com. Everything is on there. Great. Uh, upcoming events, private session info, FAQs, blogs, videos, you name it, it's there. Super. Outstanding. This has been just a fascinating conversation. Thank you so very Thank much you. for sharing all this information. And, uh, yeah, I loved it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Dave's a fascinating person, and he's so soothing to talk to. If you liked this episode, please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it, and be sure to subscribe either on that platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, or you can subscribe to the video version on my YouTube channel at winnytv.com. When you subscribe on my website at winnieanderson.com slash fans, you'll get episodes emailed to you each week along with the corresponding worksheet for that episode. In addition to the episodes, you'll get information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, get your message out in a more powerful way, and achieve your biggest goals so you can profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise, no alcohol needs to be involved, don't drink and drive, and don't overindulge. All right, one of the things I love about Dave is how he observed and followed the signs the universe was sending him. So often we ask for a sign or a message, but then don't take action on it. We think that's not the sign I want. I think there's this delicate balance between setting an intention, identifying what we want, and then being open to receiving what's going to get us there. And that means actually taking action once we get the sign. Newsflash. The path to your goal is not a straight line. There are side roads, hills, valleys, sometimes there are tunnels. In hindsight, they all make perfect sense, and the journey was clear, but there's a heck of a lot of faith involved. 
you have to be willing to take that step and let go of or at least reduce the need for control and certainty. I'm going to be talking more about this on my Facebook business page in my weekly video that I call the after show. Yeah, I stole that idea from Oprah. I hope you'll join me there and you can go to winniesbusinesspage.com and like and follow me so you get notified when I go live and you'll be able to check out episodes there, show episodes, as well as episodes of the after show. Now, be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash embrace you to get the show notes, links, and resources for this episode, including the worksheet to help you complete the reflection exercise and action step. Okay, your action step. It's to take action. That's it. Take action. There's a great book online called God Works Through Faith. Wishing and hoping aren't going to get you where you want to go. Identifying where you want to go, setting the intention to get there, and then taking action with all the confidence that it's going to happen is what makes it happen. You're going to get things that will pop up to block you. Go around, under, or over them, but don't lose heart and keep moving. Every action takes you closer to that full intention you set for yourself. Yes, sometimes there are side roads. Sometimes there are these big periods of time where you think you're stuck or that things aren't going to happen for you. But trust me, God just needed you to stay in that one place for a little bit while things moved to align and get you ready to take that next action. This is why faith is such a big part of building and growing a business. And it's why I believe faith is a critical pillar in the eight pillars of success. So you always want to challenge yourself to develop stronger and stronger faith. The, the essence of faith is trust. So you must identify what you clearly want and then take action to get it. So be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash Embrace you to get the show notes, links, and resources for this episode, including the worksheet to help you complete the reflection exercise and action step. Remember, if you're an introverted solo professional or someone with introverted leanings and you're ready to get support to reach your business goals as part of a community of like-minded and like-personality -like professionals, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash join the group and join my Facebook group for introverted, mission-driven entrepreneurs. It's called Courageous Success. I share tips and strategies to help you choose faith over fear and take consistent action to achieve your goals. Thanks for listening, and remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.